Arpish is an online brand and platform which aspires to empower and highlight female artists and creatives from all over the world. Arpish is a reminder for all you kick-ass female artists to stay confident and true in your work and to never forget that you are in fact that bitch. Hi everyone and welcome to the sixth episode of the Arpish podcast. Uh, This episode is a little different. I was trying to plan to book um, another artist for this week, but it just so happened that I'm actually visiting friends in New York and Canada this week. And so I was like kind of freaking out because I didn't have anyone to do. And then I was just laying in bed late night and saw me. And then I was like, oh my gosh, what if I interview myself and kind of give you guys a little backstory about myself as an artist and what I want Arpish to be and to become and uh, just all that jazz. So I thought that would kind of be interesting. Let's see if I can entertain you guys for a whole uh, 45 minutes without interviewing someone. But um, so to get started, for those of you who don't know me, I'm 21 years old. I grew up born and raised in California. Um, I go to school in Orange County, and my major is sociology, kind of random, not really anything to do with art, but, I mean, we'll get, we'll get into that, but I guess to start, um, I've always been a creative kid, I always remember loving to draw and, um, just color, and my grandpa, he was an artist, and when we were younger, he used to take us to, like, the dollar store, Michael's, and we'd pick out these, wooden canvases or frames or like any fun creative color and kits and would go back to his place and color and paint and it was just my world like I just fell in love with being like creative kid and like painting on everything and anything and uh so I never took it super seriously as a kid but I did like dabble in some art classes here and there um and then unfortunately when he passed away I was about I think 11 or 12 and I remember kind of later on, a little after, our whole family went over to his house to kind of, I don't know, look around and pick a few pieces of things and mementos that we wanted to keep. And I was so young that I wasn't, I don't know, I didn't feel super attached to like the other things that my other family members were like choosing. And so I remember walking around and I went into his back shed and it was like his little art studio. Like I can picture it so perfectly right now. I can even like smell it and um I don't know, I was looking around and he had like paints and paintbrushes, but at the time I wasn't a painter, so like none of that even interested me that much. Like now I would go crazy, but at the time it it didn't interest me. But I found this like one of his last blank canvases. Um and it was like dirty. I remember like the back was all like covered in mud, but the front was clean and I don't know, I decided like that was the thing I was going to take cuz I was like this will be fun. Like as a kid I was like this will be fun. Like I'll try to paint on it like him. So I took it home. I think it was the only thing I took home. And uh, I think like that, a couple weeks later, I got paints and I like sat down and I painted this dream catcher, like straight out of my brain. Um, And now I look back at it and it's so bad. But I remember at the time thinking like, holy crap, this is so good. Like, do people realize how good I am? But like, it, it wasn't good. I just... I think it shocked me that it kind of came a little more naturally than I expected it to be. And um, so I just remember being so interested in the way that I could like blend colors from dark to light and uh, do detail with smaller brushes, like super simple parts of painting that kind of got me excited. And um, and like I after that, I kind of was just like hooked and I went to Michael's and I bought more canvases and I did like really random paintings of like retro telephones and um I don't even know like sunset pictures animals like super basic paintings and none of them were good well I don't think any of them are good now but at the time I just I saw how every time I did one I got better and better and I was just like oh my gosh art is my thing this is my thing like I'm gonna be a painter and it was it was just like this trippy feeling about how happy I was when I painted. And so, um, I don't know, I just, it kind of just like spiraled. And then I got to like middle school and high school and I started going on like looking up different artists and different art styles. And that is kind of when I came 
um, across Lucy Ford, who I interviewed in my last podcast, and other artists like Natalie Wood and Charmaine Olivia, and I kind of just was like mesmerized by how good they were. And I was like, I want to be that good. Like, I want to be better. And so um, in high school, I took like one, I took, I think, one art class and but it wasn't even about the art classes. Like, I would just come home and paint all the time. And on any break I had, I would paint. And I just, I think how I got good was looking at paintings that I wanted to, at the level I wanted to be at. And, like, almost copying their style. Like, not their style, but, like, I would see how, oh, to get this shadow, the way that this girl made the shadow on this face she put like a lot of dark paint right here. And then so I would practice that and do it. And then I'd notice like, oh, to get highlights, she would put like these white dots here. And then I would do those white dots here. And like, I kind of just super analyzed, hyper analyzed how other artists got like more realistic styles. Um, And I was just like so inspired by them. And so I did that and just copied that and practiced and practiced. And I don't know what I loved about art and what I still love about art is that, I mean, like anything, every time I paint, I'm getting better. And so, I mean, sometimes I do paintings and I'm like, oh my God, this is worse than my last one. But I still am like, some part of it is really good, is is better than the last. And I just feel like I'm, no matter if the painting turns out amazing or if I trash the painting halfway, I'm getting better no matter what. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm just learning more and improving regardless and so I, I don't know I, I love that to see that transition like I would line up my old paintings to my to my new paintings and be like whoa look at the skin there and look at the skin now like I'm learning and um I don't know I love that and so then in high school I I mean I touch a lot about I touch upon this a lot in my last episode with Lucy Ford but I um I started going in high school when I got like my car and I could drive. I started going to like little art shows here and there in LA. Most of them were Lucy Ford's and I was just mesmerized that these girls or her herself were making a living off their art and like selling prints and hosting art shows and they were so young like they didn't even though they seemed like such idols to me they didn't seem so far off like even though I looked up to them and I was like wow how do they do that? A part of me knew I could do that. Like it didn't seem something so out of my reach. And so I think that is what was so exciting to me. And so I would go to these art shows and just watch them be so like, I don't know, expressive and funky and cool and so confident in themselves. And I was just this like little private school girl from the valley who didn't, I don't know, I wasn't surrounded by people that were like that because I like didn't live right in the heart and city of LA and so it was just so intriguing and so I would go to art shows and I'd buy art prints and I kind of was just getting more and more hyped about it and then um I remember Lucy and again I touched upon this in my last one but just to go into more detail uh she dm'd me asking if I wanted to be in my first art show and like to this day I remember exactly where I was where I was sitting when I got this text and it eat, or when I got this DM, and I can't even describe it. It was like someone was handing me like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. I felt like this is what I needed, not because like oh I would do the art show and become famous. No, no, no. But it was more of like this is what I needed to kind of validate myself that like yeah you can fucking do this and like I could be in an art show and I could take that first step that would get me to my dream, and so. Um, I remember I got that DM and I was like, here we go, let's do it. And I was like grinding on my paintings. I was making a collection. I like acted like hot shit. Like I was looking through my paintings and trying to see which ones like went together and how I would place them on the wall. And every night I went to bed thinking about what I was going to wear to the show and how I was going to do my hair and who was going to be there. And like, oh my God, I just, it was, I couldn't even wait. And I remember for a while, I actually didn't even think it was happening because I didn't hear from her. But then eventually that day, that morning I woke up and I actually still to that morning didn't think it was happening. Like I was going to go to class and I was like, oh, I haven't heard from her. It must be over. And then I wake up and I get a text from her being like, be here this time, this place, see you there. And I was just like, oh shit, it's happening. Let's do this. And so I remember I like, didn't even have my paintings because I was at school and I called my mom and I don't know how it happened, but I like got ready, met my mom in LA, picked up all my paintings. And then by myself, I went to this 
I don't know, random street. And I remember vividly like walking in these little booties holding like six of my canvases by myself, not knowing anyone or what I was doing or where I was going. Like it just didn't seem real. And I'm just like walking through, I don't even know, some part of LA. Anyways, I get to the venue and I put up my stuff and I'm like meeting these other artists and I'm looking around and I'm looking at other artists who are up on these walls and they're artists that I have been idolizing and looking at Instagram and I'm like, you, there's no way I'm on your level. And I'm not, like I knew I wasn't, but I was like, how am I in this show? Like, how did I get to a show that I'm showing my art next to these artists that are so incredible to me? And um, I just kept having to like pinch myself and it was overall still to this day, like one of my favorite moments, best highlights as an artist. Like, even though I've had like bigger shows and I've shown better pieces of art at other shows, that one was just so significant to me because it was just like everything I dreamed of in high school of wanting to be. And for a moment in time, I wasn't just like this college student or a high school student or like just some random girl. I was like this cool LA artist. Like people looked at me like, oh, who is she? And I was like, and I had done that for so long to others. So it was just so cool to be um, one of them. And um, that was just like super significant to me. And and I was telling Lucy last time, like it was that show that not only validated me as an artist, but it kind of like set my engine. Like I was like, okay, here, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do more shows. Let's make it our Instagram. Let's make a website. Like let's get on this train. And, and I just like hooked. And so then, I don't know, since then, I've just worked better at my art and making more art and adding to my website and being more vocal on social media and uh, networking with our other artists. And I've just like done more show and more show and more show and saying yes to every, every, every opportunity artistically that people ask me of. I, I try to say yes to all of them. And, um, I remember like about a year or two, I think it's a little more, um, I was doing a show at the Anaheim Garden Walk Mall, just like a small one. It wasn't even a show, it was like a little garden, like an art walk, and I was selling my prints and my paintings, and the director of the art walk came up to me and was like, hey, uh, do you want to do a mural for the mall? And I was like, in my head, like, um, the biggest painting I've done is like, I don't know, like four by four, like I small. And in my head, I was like, there's no way I can do this. But I was like, I remember looking right, looking at her right in the eyes and being like, yeah, yeah, I would love to. And then I went home and I was like, what did I just sign up for? But you know what? I don't know, eight months later, with through ups and downs, I freaking knocked out an 18-foot mural and it's still standing up at that mall. And like, I don't know, it just, all the things that I, that doesn't feel like I could do it, I ended up doing it. And like time and time again, I have to remind myself that I can do it and I will do it. And it's just, I don't know, it's a learning process, right? But it's just, it's cool to look at, to look back and see all the things that I've done that, I don't know, 13-year-old me would have been like, holy shit, Claire. Like, so, um, but yeah, just saying yes to every single opportunity. Um, so then I was in college and um, I thought about picking art as my major, but the art program at my school was pretty small. And I say that to people when they ask me why I don't major in art. I always say like, oh, um, the program's really small. There's not a lot of teachers. But if I'm going to be like super transparent on this podcast, I think even if it was a big program, I still wouldn't have picked it. Um, I think when it comes to doing art as like my side gig, like this is what I used to call it, like my side gig, I think I excelled so well because I didn't feel pressure. It was kind of like this is my hobby and my passion, so I'm going to go super, super, super hard. But then when it came to making art something really serious and tangible, like a degree or my like classes or um, I don't even know, just making it more serious, like a job, I think I got shy and insecure in myself as an artist. And so I never was um, super confident in taking like bigger steps as an artist in school. And so... I picked sociology as my major because I was super passionate about like social work and um, social justice and I love all my sociology classes but like slowly throughout my college years I started realizing that it wasn't something I wanted my career in but then I would look around at all the other majors and I I wouldn't really think that any of those were something I wanted my career in either like I, I didn't feel like I could place myself and so for two three years in college it had just been 
and almost still is just this battle of trying to figure out where I belong because I just didn't want to do just, I didn't want to just make paintings and I didn't want to just learn like, I don't know, like just business and I didn't want to learn science, like I wasn't a science person or a math person and so I kind of felt so defeated because I didn't feel like I belonged Um, and so I don't know, college for me was just a struggle and still is a struggle because I feel like the things I want to do and the things I want to achieve aren't necessarily things that, it's not that college won't bring me those. Yes, they will give me a lot of um, other resources that will help me for my future, but it didn't feel like it was such a simple and obvious path like my other friends and other peers at school. And so that was kind of just like this difficulty for me where I would be in a class learning about I don't know like statistical data factors or whatever I had to do for sociology and then on my computer I was like fully designing websites and making sales and designing ads for Arpish and it was just kind of like this I know I'm being so much more productive doing my thing and it's just like such a waste of a class and so there was just that constant battle and on top of it I felt like almost like a failure because not only am I paying like a lot of money to be at the school but I just feel like I wasn't appreciating it because I knew I wasn't on the right path for it like I wasn't it wasn't necessary for me to be there and so there's this kind of like I didn't put myself so much into my classes and give it my all because I was giving my all to like art and artfish and what that was entailing and so when I come to school and I was like, oh, I really don't know what I learned in this class or I really am not doing well in these tests. And I knew that it wasn't because it was hard necessarily. It was because there was, I wasn't, I wasn't putting an effort into it because it just, that's not where my heart was. I was putting my effort into like a thousand other things for Arpish, which I cared so much more about and which I thought and still believe would help me in my future more than like a statistical data class, you know? And so, I don't know, school was just, and still is, has always been just kind of like this internal battle, but I understand, I'm like super appreciative of an education that I have, and um, I've met so many great people from it, and I've learned tons about myself because of it, so it's not all a waste, but I do fully believe that like school isn't for everybody. Um, I think now, if I was doing it over, I would do it very differently. I think I would have gone to maybe a more creative school or um, not gone to school or done community college so I could work half time or um, oh the other thing is that like the huge part that I forgot about was that halfway through college I realized I was like okay I don't want to do sociology and so half my school is a film school and they have a lot of creative majors and there was a um, advertising PR and advertising major and it was super creative because it was in the film school so a lot of it was like branding and media design and commercial making and I was like oh that's so cool I love that and so um, I actually ended up applying twice to get in and it's super competitive program especially if you're already um, in the school like you're not a freshman and I actually got denied twice and those um, were super big hits for me because I had like an overarching GPA better than like what they required I had a really good creative resume I had good letters of rec like I thought that I had a good application but it got denied twice and so that was a super bummer for me because on top of on top of feeling like I school wasn't for me like the closest thing I could get to being creative at school, I I couldn't get into. And so that was just a super big letdown for me. And, but then like, like they say, like every downside or every like bad thing in your life is for a reason. And at the first I didn't understand the reason, but what ended up happening was because I didn't get into that major, which is like a huge course load, I was continuing a sociology major, which is like a lighter course load. And because of that lighter course load, I got to do um, internships while going to school. And because of that, I got um, an incredible one. And I've learned so much from that one and more probably would have from my major. And I had more time to work on art. So like, and on top of it, it was an even bigger motivation to be like, you know, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like you didn't let me into your program. Like watch me become incredibly successful. And uh, so again, it was that there was a lot of... um, highlights and like ups to not getting into that program in the negative like there always is I guess but it just it took a little time for me to figure that out so then um last year I I always knew I wanted to study abroad 
And so last year, I decided to study abroad in Cape Town, South Africa, and which was like very crazy. I, I had never thought about going. It wasn't in my plans. I knew I wanted to travel. I knew I wanted to like go crazy um, and just like see the world, but I just never had like settled into Cape Town, South Africa. But long story short, I decided to go and it was a five month program and I went by myself and it was, I mean, I'm sure everyone who knows me knows I like, it just was beyond anything I could have ever dreamed. It was the most incredible, incredible five months of my life. I, I'm not to be like, oh, study abroad changed me, but it did. It, it, it taught me so many things that I would have never, ever even been exposed to. Um, and like, that's a whole other podcast. So if you guys want to learn about that, but the thing I want to talk about that kind of relates to our bish is that I came from Cape Town. I came to Cape Town from like a super small bubble, right? Like I grew up in a super small bubble of high school and then my college is really small and it's kind of like a bubble and everyone is a little like it's super similar, kind of like a lot of places, but like we all like act the same and dress the same and do the same things. And like you don't want to be too crazy and you don't want to be like too quiet. Like it's kind of just like this everyone's pressure to be like one cut out version of each other and in high school and in college I've always felt like I I want to fight that bubble like I get I get frustrated when I feel like I'm doing exactly what everyone else is doing and dressing and being I get frustrated and overwhelmed and because I know like inside internally my soul like I'm not like that and so um when coming to Cape Town Cape Town is like a super super diverse place and South Africa in general is just filled with like tons and tons of different cultures and ethnicities and um, people. And so I remember I went to the University of Cape Town, which is an incredible university. Not education alone is beyond incredible, but the people there, the people in Cape Town, and especially at this school, were nothing, nothing like the kids at my high school or my college or anywhere I met, not even in LA. They were so expressive and unique and individual and diverse. And it was, it blew me away. Like, let alone just the way they dressed. I would get to school in, like, my jeans and a t-shirt and, like, my Nikes. And and someone would walk, a guy would walk by me in a light pink velvet sweatsuit with, like, holographic glasses and a bag. And would just strut across campus looking incredible and no one would bat an eye. Like, it wasn't weird. No one thought it was weird because everybody else was so expressive and different looking and unique. And, like, no one looked like a copy cut out version of each other. Everyone was just their own person and, like, that bad bitch. And just, like, everyone had this confidence. And, oh, my God, I'd walk through campus and I would be insecure because I was just in, like, jeans and a t-shirt. I was like, wow, you don't, you look like, like, you're not even being exciting. Like, I don't know, life is so short, be exciting. And so... I don't know, having six months or five months of seeing these people, it like rubs off on you, right? You start to be like, okay, like those glasses that I thought I wasn't cool enough to wear, I can. And you start thinking like, okay, like this hairstyle, like it's a little out there, but you know what? Like if everyone else is out there, I can. And you slowly, it rubs off on you about how if you're solely just yourself and you dress the way you want and you do what you want and you make the choices of what you want, the people who really care about you won't give a shit. And they and the best part about it is that if you do all that stuff with confidence, if you wear that outfit, you change your career choice, you break up with the, whatever you do, if you do it, but you do it in a confident way and you express your confidence about your decision, like that whole idea of like how me and Lucy were talking last episode, like um, instead of being like, oh yeah, like I kind of do art. It's like a little weird. I'm not that good at it, but like I kind of do art. Or you can be like, yeah, I'm a 21-year-old artist. I do art shows. I own my own art brand. Like there's a way to say it and express it that you do it in a confident manner that no one questions it. And so that's kind of what I was learning while I was there is all these people would do these things in confidence, wear what they want, do what they want, say what they want, act like they want with confidence. And I was sitting back being like, oh my God, you're so cool. And so... While I was there, of course, like, 
Claire started to like, you know, get more edgy and I would I would do I would dress cooler and I'd go to the thrift shops and I would buy things that I wouldn't normally wear here because if I did it here, I think I would get like stares or like, oh that's a cool that's an interesting look, Claire, or like, hmm, like where did you get that? Like more judgment. But there there was zero. So I kinda had like I had freedom to do whatever I want. So I not even that big of a deal, but like I pierced my nose and chopped my hair and I like dressed, I wore baggier jeans and I wore like more colorful clothes and, and cooler glasses. All the glasses that I was like, those are, those would make me look so weird in LA. Or like people would be like, why are you wearing those? I fucking bought them in Cape Town and I did it and it was so liberating and it, it was an incredible feeling to kind of just do it. And, um, and so that's kind of where like this birth this like spurt of the whole idea of being that bitch kind of evolved because while I was in Cape Town I would see this girl walk across campus and I'm like look at her go like yes she's killing it and then I turned to my friend and be like I want to fucking like be like that and then I was like wait 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 why on earth can't I be her? Why can't I, not her, exactly. Like, the point is not to be her, but why can't I be that bitch? Why can't I dress cool and do cool shit and be be an artist and, like, host an art show? Why fucking can't I? And so, and then I would look at all the artists that I looked up to, like Amber Asali and Natalie Wood and all these people, and I'm like, I'd sit on my phone and look at things that they're doing that were thriving, like, I don't know, like all the th- ways in which they kick ass and be a girl boss. And I'd be like, oh, I want to do that. I want to be her. And then I was like, why on earth can't I like be that bitch? And I remember I went to this like flea market right around that time that like that whole idea was sparking. And I found this bracelet and it said she believed she could. So she did. Yet we've all heard it. It's like a very, very basic emo quote. But when I read it, I didn't read it in that sense that like, oh, I've heard this before. She believed she could, so she did like blah, blah, blah. I read it and it like, for the first time it spoke to me where I was like, she believed she could. So like she thought she could do it. She thought she could be that bitch. She thought she could have an art show. She thought she could be an artist. She thought she can be a lawyer, a doctor, a girl boss, or whatever it is. She thought she could and she did it. And so many women, men, so many people do that where they believe they can they work hard to do it and they do it and it was kind of oh my god it was like this light bulb and so pretty much after that I stopped questioning all the things I wanted to do I stopped wondering if like my like my outfits were too weird or my hair was too this or blah 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 I just stopped questioning it and I like opened my journal and I started writing out all these ideas of things I wanted to do like with Artbish as an artist, like clothes I wanted to create, how my website wanted to look, um, shows I wanted to host, ideas of things I wanted to paint. And I just started like word vomiting all the things that I really wanted. Or And then I wrote this like paragraph of what I wanted in like my dream life, like who I wanted to be. And I wrote it out and I read it all the time. And it's just a reminder that your dreams, I guess, like aren't always that impossible and as like far-fetched if you just have confidence in them anyway so I'm not trying to turn this into a TED talk but that was just kind of like I feel like this peak moment of the like the engine starting to me coming back from Cape Town and just like wanting to grind on Artbish and wanting to get this shit together like all the things that I was like, well, I don't have access to a studio and models. And then I came home and I, I found models and I made my own freaking studio. And I, and there was nothing was going to be like a stopping. And I'm not trying to say that I'm just like always like this. Like how many times I go to my sister or my family and I'm like, oh my God, like I can't do it. Or like there's, I don't have any models or like none of my shit, blah, 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 all the time. But then it's just, I have to remind myself that there were so many things that I year ago, Claire would never thought I could do and I did it. And so pretty much I came back from Cape Town, started making clothes that I wanted, started networking with more artists. And like, of course, Artbicious was and still is evolving like into exactly what I wanted to be. But then um, I slowly figured out that what I wanted was what I wanted was what 14 year old me would have wanted 
pretty much. And what that is, is a platform that empowers female creativity. And even though that's like super vague in general, what it is, is that I felt like there had to have been more of me's, more of Claire's, who didn't necessarily feel like any of the majors at her school were good for her and didn't necessarily feel like, I don't know, that she had choices and options to be successful with her creativity. Even though there was people out there like right and left that we would see like once in a while thrive and be successful being creative, it it was kind of like a they were like the hidden gem. Like, oh, can you believe that photographer makes millions? Like, it wasn't so obvious that you can be successful to by being creative. And so, I knew there were more of me's out there, and I I don't know, my dream, I would. I want to, and I, I feel like I am, I'm just trying to build a platform, whether that's social media or a website or art shows or just like a networking platform where artists like me can figure out and realize that not only can they be empowered and encouraged because a lot of people don't have families like mine or others who are supportive, but by other people, they can encourage them, but you can also be successful and learn the tools from other artists on how to be successful, right? So I had to like stalk Lucy for day and night to figure out, oh, she makes prints here and she made a website with this website and she uses these paintings. I had to stalk, but I, but now with like social media changing, it's so much easier to learn from other artists on how to open an art shop or how to find art, make art shows or how And these are, this is solely just for like art, but there's a thousand creative careers and passions. And like, there are ways that you can learn from them too. And so, I don't know, I started using like the clothes and the modeling, just let alone, I love taking pictures of like modeling and creatively producing shoots. That was one thing. But, um, so that was, that's what I have fun is doing that to build my brand. But in general, like my dream is to create this like huge brand where this is like the dominating platform for female creatives, whether you're a comedian, an artist, an actress, a photographer, a writer, it doesn't matter. But it's a it's just a way that you kind of take a stand, like by calling yourself an art bitch or like an art bitch, whatever, but you're you're taking a stand and being like, see, there's tons of me out there and we're in, and we can be incredibly successful. And I don't know, long term goals, it would be cool to have like workshops and lectures and different networking things and like an Etsy for artists but just female like there's tons of dreams I have but right now I just know that there are other girls at me that want that network and want that family out there of other artists and creatives to like support them and there's tons of talented badass women who weren't a business major but owned an incredibly successful online shop and there's girls who didn't go to college but who just finished their 10th mural in LA and there's girls that don't have a day job but kick ass as a female comic every night there's tons of you out there that don't fit the mold of that typical go to college figure out your path and just all of a sudden become successful on like just one path like there's tons of you that don't fit that mold and I just want to hone into that and be like you're not alone there are artists like me and we are learning it's all learning process we're all evolving but you can have the confidence to get out there, get motivated, and find a way that you can take your creative passion and turn it into success. Um, and so that's kind of how this podcast started, where I I know exactly how motivating listening to someone like me talk and get successful can be. I, I listen to podcasts all the time, and, and there's literally significant changes I make by hearing someone who has a similar life and um, feelings like me that makes these choices that gets them into success into a successful place and that is so motivating to me and so I knew I wanted to do that same thing and motivate others and that's kind of why I started this because if I'm not motivating anyone I'm motivating myself by interviewing these artists these badass artists once a week I can't even tell you how motivated I get I get home from a podcast and I'm like oh you know what I didn't know I could do that and then I, I learn something from them and they do it like we're all just helping each other out and if I'm not inspiring other people, I'm totally doing this for myself. So it's kind of like a selfish thing, but it's just, that's kind of how this podcast idea came to be. I also just want to say that whether you 
just started painting, don't even paint, just started writing poetry, or, like, haven't even bought your first camera. Like, if you are creative, you are an art bitch. Like, I get tons of DMs that are, like, oh, I would love to be in a show, or I would love to be an art bitch, but, like, I don't even have a portfolio. Like, you don't, there's no level or entry or application. There's, I'm not going to deny you. No, the world's not going to deny you. Like, it, you can be an art bitch, you can be a badass female creative, and you can get successful regardless. Um, and art bitch is just a place to help you and give you that motivation and the resources and the tools. And I'm still learning and I'm still trying to figure out um, the perfect way to do that and so like I'm not perfect these other artists that are having huge art shops that have thousands of orders a day they're not they're still evolving and learning too and we could all we all have something to give each other like I'll go on Twitter and someone will post like the easiest way and the cheapest way to do your packaging for online orders and like right away I'll open my book and jot all that down like it's just information that will help you and then another artist will post about, oh, like these paints are much better if you add this specific oil. Right away, I'm like, ah, that's something I need jotted down. And I just know that there's tons and tons of more ways that we could help each other and not only help each other with like resources and info, but help each other network and build our platforms and give each other exposure. And that's all that Artbish is trying to do. That's all that I'm trying to do. Um, before we end, and before I do my bad bitch moment, don't worry, I'm not gonna miss the thing that I make everybody do, but I kind of, so I have this art bitch notebook, and it's kind of where I organize, like, all the things I have to do, um, I keep track of artists that I'm working with, just ideas I have, sketches, um, it's just, like, everything, my entire art life in one book, um, but anyways, at the front of the book, I have these four quotes, And I honestly try to read them like almost every time I open this or whenever I'm feeling like unmotivated, which by the way, we all feel. So I can't even tell you the amount of times that I come home ready to like work on art and get my shit together. And I just end up laying on my bed because I feel like art bitch is a fail. I can't even paint. Why am I an artist? Like we all go through that and we all second guess. And I feel like it's just like a creative person thing where you're just like, why? Because it's hard to feel like validated all the time as we create it because our like creations come in increments right like we'll go through a month where we nothing we don't produce anything and then all of a sudden we produce like this one painting and we get a lot of validation and exciting and um motivation from it and then all of a sudden it's like another month of nothing so it's super understandable and super normal to feel those ups and downs as an artist and to feel super insecure once in a while I just want everyone to know that like I get that all the time But so that's why I like these quotes that I kind of read to myself whenever I feel like that. It's a reminder. And so I kind of want to share them with you in case they help anyone. But the first one is from Cheryl Strayed. I read a couple of her books while I was in Cape Town. Um, And she has this one quote and it says, The only way to override your limitations, insecurities, jealousies, and ineptitude is to produce. And um, I love that because she's speaking from her writer point of view because at times a lot of writers feel like, again, like it's just like every other art, you're comparing yourself, um, especially when you don't produce. And I always look at that because whenever I feel like I'm failing or I'm not improving, chances are if I take a step back at my life, it's because I'm not producing. And producing doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I have to drop a new clothing item or I have to finish a six-foot painting. It can simply, to me at least, mean writing down your goals. Like, even though you're not tangibly producing something, you're, you're taking a step that will help you to produce. Or um, maybe just sketch for 30 minutes. Like, whatever it is, the only way to get over you feeling limited or insecure, or jealous because you're comparing yourself to other artists, or not to do anything, is probably because you're not producing. And again, it doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't have to be an art show. It could be something super, super small. Um, the second quote I have is, we spend, this one's by Cleo Wade. Um, it's, we spend so much of our lives waiting for others to qualify us, authorize yourself. And so this again, has to kind of go back to the whole, like, be that bitch 
vibe, but it's just that idea that it's one of those things where it's like I got my first, I said before I, I said once I get my first art show, I'm going to be an artist, right? And so then you have your first art show and you feel like an artist for like 48 hours and then, I don't know, the hype on your social media goes down. Maybe you don't create a painting for a couple weeks. Maybe you don't get accepted into like an art school and then, and then you start to be like, oh, I'm not an artist, right? So you, when you're waiting for others to qualify you, you're only going to be authorized once in a while. You're only going to feel like you're worthy enough to be an artist every once in a while. But if you authorize yourself, when what that means is if you say like, regardless of the things I do, the things I accomplish, the paintings I get, the galleries I get into, if you say regardless of that, whether it happens or not, you authorize yourself as an artist, you authorize yourself as a writer, you authorize yourself as a comedian. If you authorize yourself then no one can fuck with you. Then no one can bring you down because you're like, I mean, I know that I am. So it doesn't really matter if you believe in me or not. And so that's something I always remember and remind myself is that I'm authorizing myself as an artist, as a creative, as a bad bitch, whatever. I'm going to do it so no one can shut that down. The third one is, um, this is one that I've like, <laughs> I think I like saw on Twitter or something, but I, it's so cute and jokingly, but it's put your hoops in and remember who you are. Um, for those of you who know me, like I almost can't live without my hoops. And yeah, I like it because it makes me look cute. And I don't know why I just love them. But it's also weirdly, weirdly, it's like this metaphorical reminder to me. Because when I put my hoops in, I mean, I feel like every girl or person has like their own thing. Whether it's like when they get their nails done or you get your eyebrows done. You're like, oh, hell yes. Like there she is. And so for me, it's my hoops. Like I put my hoops in. I remember that I am that bad bitch. And I've like kind of um, associated my hoops with being, like, a bad bitch artist, and so every time I do it, which is good, because I almost put my hoops in every day, but it's that reminder of who you are, I remember what I've accomplished, I remember what I can do, and so, I don't know, I just love that whole put your hoops in and remember who you are, and then the last one is not even a quote, it's something I wrote down to myself, I think about a week ago, because, um, well, I wrote this down, it's not even a quote, I said, you are evolving, don't rush the process. And I wrote this down, I think a week ago, because something about myself, and I think a lot of creatives or people have this, is my sister always tells me, I have like a fire under my ass. Like, I don't know what she says, but I'm, I'm constantly feel like there's a rush. And even though no one's giving me a deadline, I, I constantly feel like, oh my God, if I don't rhinestone these shirts by tomorrow, I'm, I'm failing. Or if I don't finish this painting by tonight, I'm failing. Like, I'm always creating these own deadlines for me and I'm rushing it. And if I'm going to be transparent, I think the number one reason why I'm rushing is because of social media, right? It's like you want to keep that hype. You want to keep your followers engaged. There's all that talk about the pressure. And and sometimes there's not enough content. Sometimes I don't have enough paintings or enough pieces to put out there. And, and it's that rush. And the bad part about that is sometimes when I'm rushing, I'm not taking my time and doing the best I can. I'm doing the fast, the fastest I can. And, and I think for creatives, that's like a big, big issue because then you're not even creating up to your full potential. You're creating up to social media's potential, which again, you're going to feel like a failure in the end when you're like, you know what? I could have done better on that painting if I'd taken a little longer. Or you know what? I could have done better at that photo shoot if I didn't rush it and I used the model I wanted. Like there's so many ways in which we are actually hurting ourselves by rushing the process. And then I talk about you are evolving in the sense, well, I put that in my quote because it's like, without me seeing it, just like painting, sometimes you don't see it all the time, but you're evolving, you're getting better, you're improving. So don't, don't hate yourself if you're maybe not becoming, I don't know, insta famous overnight, or maybe you're not getting as much likes on your photo as you want this month. Like you are still evolving and you're getting better and you're improving. It's just not always very visible and that's not always super tangible so don't just feel discouraged because you can't physically see your improvements if that makes sense and so those are the four quotes I read to myself and well I try to read to myself and they're just I don't know I they remind me of all the things I kind of just said in this podcast but they remind me of all that and then to end this podcast, um, can't believe I talked for this long. Actually, I'm not. For those of you who know me, I'm pretty chatty. But um, to end this podcast, I'm going to talk about my bad bitch moment. Um, so 
when I was in Cape Town, I I think it was like a couple months couple months in. I was doing like a couple paintings here and there, but like just taking my time with it. And I went to a bar with my friends and I met this guy and we start talking and he's talking to my friends and he's like, oh, you guys should come to my show tomorrow night. It's like this like collaborative art music show. There's like a couple bands playing. I'm performing. Um, there's going to be some art installations up and I'm and we're all like, oh my God, that's so sick. And then my friend's like, oh, she's an artist. And he looks at me, he's like, oh, really? What do you do? And I was like, oh, I paint. And he was like, oh, done. You're a live painter for the event. And I was like, uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, say that again. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you're definitely being the live painter for our event. And I was like, no, there's no way. Like, I'm, I'm not doing that. Like, my paintings, backstory, take months. Like, I, I'm such a perfectionist that it takes so long on my paintings. And he's like, no, you have to, you have to. Whatever. I'm like like not even thinking it's really happening I'm just like oh, enjoying my night like laughing it off the next morning I wake up with like a full text from him with like the date and the time and when to be there and he's so excited to have me and so I have like two classes that day and I'm there in my head there's no way I can do a live painting not the fact that people are watching but I can't produce that fast in my head I'm like there's no way and all I'm doing is shitting myself down I'm like there's no way you can't do this you don't have the paints you have to go to class I'm coming up with all the reasons why I can't And then I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm in Cape Town. I already made it this far. I don't know anyone here. This is the the ways I'm validating myself. I'm like, I don't know anyone here. Worst case scenario, I down a few more beers and I don't even even care if the painting's shit. That's what I say to myself. So I get up, I skip my two classes, and I go straight to the art store. I bought this huge canvas and like a few paints. I already had some, but I bought some more. And I come home and I sketch out like this girl with like flowers in her hair. She's like inspired by Musha. I think that's her name on Instagram if you want to see her. She's one of my biggest muses. She's this gorgeous, gorgeous Persian girl from Australia. Um, and so I sketch it out, whatever. Me and my friend, we get dressed. I like throw on jeans and a tank and I just show up to this random venue. It's like underground and it's so cool. It's like tricked out with lights and like these like art pieces on the walls and it's like kind of small but cool and there's a band playing and like they're just setting up. So I set my canvas up and I start spray painting the background before people come because I didn't want it to like get all gross and smelly in there and then I just start painting and before I know it, it's like midnight and I'm have like a full painting done that I love not because it's perfect because let me tell you there are a thousand flaws that I would in person hate about this painting but I loved it because of the whole experience like I was at one moment I like took a step back from my painting and I have like a paintbrush in hand I paint on my jeans I have like all my Cape Town friends there and I'm like drinking a beer, listening to music, and I'm fucking live painting at a show in South Africa. And I'm like pinching myself and I'm like, I think I was so crazy that I went to the bathroom and I was like, I had to take a moment to realize what my life was at that moment. And I was like, you are so, and I, I, what, I what was crazy to me is I just know that I took some steps, whether it was booking my flight to Cape Town making this friend, having the confidence to do this, whatever the step was, is I took it to get there. And it was just like a reminder. I was like, oh my God, you are that bitch. Like, look how cool this is. Look how cool this is. And that was like the baddest bitch moment I think I've ever had. And maybe one of my favorite moments of my, one of the top favorite moments of my life was that I could say that I've live painted in South Africa in front of like tons of people at a show. And it was beautiful favorite moment um I just want to shout out to my friend um Che from Cape Town like thank you for even giving me that opportunity if you listen to this um and so that will definitely go down as my bad bitch art bitch moment and so in general like that is the whole message I'm trying to say is that your life isn't always art shows your life isn't always like being social media famous or thriving or it's not always I have so many ups and downs especially when it comes to like being creative but 
you just have to hone into those really good bad bitch moments and hone into how you feel when you're when you're feeling that way and how to get there and the steps to take to get there whether it's manifesting journaling writing down your goals listening to podcasts whatever it is that sparks that inspiration and sparks that drive to like get your shit together and start going after your dream do it hone into that and do it and of course you're gonna feel your downs like I said but when you're feeling those ups and you're gonna feel more ups and you're gonna feel more driven and happy if you're if you're honing into that feeling because if you're constantly trying to fit into that mold and do what others you think that are making others happy and making choices that just like flow with what everybody else is doing you're not going to feel, you're not going to feel happy. You're only going to feel happy if you're doing things that maybe are super out of everybody else around you's comfort zone, but is so dead on on where your comfort zone is. And so, um, anyways, that is my Arbish Claire Bashar interview, TED Talk. <laughs> um, if you guys are not already following um, me on Instagram, follow at Arbish, follow me on Twitter, um... That's kind of like where I post like new pieces and clothes and upcoming art shows and all that. Also, always slide into my DMs. I am not so famous yet that I'm going to ignore you. I promise you I'll, I'll respond to your DMs if you guys want to just hit me up. Tell me questions you want me to ask for future podcast interviews. Um, if you want questions about art shows, how to get into art shows, how to do anything. Sometimes people just DM me about like ideas they have for clothes and I'm just like, I, my heart wants to break because I love that. Like, I love that shit. Any idea you have for me, like, we're all just trying to help each other, DM me. My DMs are open. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Um, I'm so blown away by how many viewers and listeners I have every week. It's getting bigger and bigger. It's blowing me away. Like, last – I remember when I first made this, I told my dad, I was like, if I have 20 people listen, I, I'm going to be happy. And I think the last one had almost 400. So you guys are – blowing my mind and it's making me so unbelievably happy so thank you for listening thank you for all you guys who have been from day one supporting me i know who you are and you do not go underappreciated i promise you every person that's ever been to an art show has ever just texted me saying like i'm proud of you i you have no idea how much i take those things to heart and um i appreciate it so much so thank you for listening love you guys and can't wait for the next podcast episode bye Thanks for listening to the Artbish podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss out on an episode. Also, make sure to follow Artbish on Instagram to stay updated on new clothing drops, art shows, and more.